0: Recorded live from just north of the nice houses in town, it's Transformation Thursday. I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she,
1: her. And I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her. So here we are, 2021, and fully ensconced in the Biden presidency reactionary Trumpian transphobes are being shown the door, progressive policymakers are being put in their place, QAnon fanatics are being exposed and, if not removed, hopefully shoved out of the spotlight.
0: And luckily, the Police Accountability Board has been in place and a large number of progressive politicians, such as Fred of the Podcast, Rachel Barnhart, are making their voices heard in city and county governments.
1: So that's it then. We no longer need to keep doing this. Podcast adjourned forever. Good night, Amy.
0: Good night, Penny. Wait a stinking minute. That's not quite right, Penny.
1: Or is it?
0: It's not, we've started making changes, but we are nowhere near where we need to be. And today we're having one of our favorite voices of reason and dissent, Chris Thompson on to talk about where we are and what still needs to happen.
1: Or does it?
0: Okay, just stop it now. Really. Just Okay, we got to be done with this. Okay? Our conversation with Chris begins right after our traditional music swell and
1: Or does it? Let's talk about change, Amy.
0: Okay, let me see. It looks like I've got three quarters, a nickel, a Canadian loonie, and a few British tenors from when I was in London, because I'm an
1: international comedian. No, not that change. Change is in transformation the topic of transformation thursday
0: oh yeah that well we're doing this podcast to highlight how much things change and how quickly they do it in society today everything changes and change isn't good or bad it just is.
1: The more we realize that change is just the natural progression of things, the better off we'll be. Now, let's talk about change. Didn't we just do that? No, no, not the last one. The first one. The coins. Money. About how people can give us some of theirs so that we can continue talking about ours. Are you just trying to get people to go to our Patreon page to
0: support this podcast so that we can continue our exploration of what it means to live in a rapidly changing world? Because although this is a labor of Love, we do have expenses, and by going to transformationthursday.com, they can help ensure that we can continue to be bringing this fun and insightful commentary on the world today. Plus, get exclusive patrons-only content.
1: Um, if I say yes, can we get on to our next segment? Oh God, I hope so. Okay then, transformationthursday.com. Also, can you break a twenty for me? Sure, I can get that to you in euros. Okay, now you're just showing off. Welcome back to Transformation Thursday. I'm Penny Sterling, and my pronouns are she, her.
0: And I'm Amy Stevens, and my pronouns are she, her as well. Welcome back to the podcast. Of course, it's is Chris Thompson. Uh, we're welcoming Chris back because we had him on last fall, or no, last spring, actually. And we we're talking about, as we went into lockdown, how so much activism went online. But then some things really went shitty, like they usually do in this country, and especially <laughs> here in Rochester. Like the history of bullshit against communities of color and people that come from disadvantaged backgrounds. The Rochester police continues to make national news. The other morning I'm driving down 390, heading to work at five o'clock, listening to morning edition on NPR. Rochester, New York is on NPR. And you know, it's not a good thing when your day starts out like that. So, hey Chris, so you're doing all this stuff online. Did you take any of this offline in the summer?
2: Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> I very much did. Um, we did as much as we could to be as safe as we could, because we are we were still in the middle of a pandemic. We are in it right now. Uh, but right after the George Floyd incident, uh, a lot of people took to the streets. Uh, we brought up our local issues with uh, police brutality, and uh, we we came to the streets. We masked up. We tried to socially distance as much as we could, and uh, we we got out there.
0: Yeah, you definitely did, and you know, and you mentioned George Floyd, but we also had Daniel Prude here, um, yes, who, who was killed by the Rochester police. And I'm going to say killed, murdered, whatever word you want to use, because that's the right term for it. You know, but in this, I remember last September when the pro when that news started leaking out about Daniel Prude's passing. At the hands of the rochester police department here in new york and i'm watching the protest one night online it's peaceful i see you there i see a bunch of other people that i know from the community and you're having pizza you're singing songs i turn off the computer i come back 15 minutes later and you all been pepper sprayed
2: (laughs) yeah
1: that's pretty much the way it goes
0: what what
1: happened um they forgot to order the pepper on the pizza. And so the police department was simply helping them along.
2: Yes. The RPD really <laughs> loves, really Space. loves to season things. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I uh, To be honest, I don't know. Like we were having a good time. We were, things were dying down. We were all just fine. <laughs> and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, the police came in, they, they stormed us. they, they threw some people on the ground, they started pepper spraying, they had their shields up, their uh, riot shields, and they were like pushing people back with those. Um, yeah, it, just, it was just like mayhem for no, no feasible reason. And I believe they said that somebody threw something at them, which I don't believe at all. Like anytime the-, the Is that a packet of Parmesan? Probably. <laughs> It could be anything, they consider anything a weapon. And I'm not gonna say that people didn't throw things at the police because like after, you know, after the first time that they like pepper sprayed us, a couple of people were mad and did throw like a water bottle or two, but they were water bottles and they're in Kevlar, you know? Mm -hmm. Also water bottles were not frozen as they keep saying. There's no way to freeze a water bottle from MLK Park to like the public safety building. That's a two block walk for those of you not in Rochester. In
1: July, that's not a, that's, that's, yeah. I would, right. I would, I, when I would bike, I would oftentimes like stick, a, I would stick my water bottle in the freezer and I'd put it in the cage and I'd get on a bike and 10 minutes later it was warm. <laughs> it was liquid. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, not Not only was it not frozen, it wasn't even cold. So, right. And yeah, this, this whole idea, the, the, you know, the police are looking for fights. They're not looking to be peacemakers. They're looking for, for reasons to, to fuck shit up. And I'm, I'm thinking right back to like the, uh, remember the milkshake? Remember the, 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 the poisoned milkshake or something like that? There was a steak and shake in New York City. Uh, and there was like somebody, they had, they had, they had, the, the cops had like a vanilla milkshake and it tasted funny. And so they the the cop just threw it out, and then all of a sudden the you know this police sergeant shows up and they're coordinating it off the area and they're making a big deal about you know they they have poisoned they attempted to poison New York City police departments and they're the reason why they said it was a New York police because they paid for it with a um, with a police credit card uh, mm-hmm. number which they did online. So there's like there's no way to trace that any of that stuff together, but they they will look at any excuse to say look they they look for excuses to say look I'm marginalized, you know there's a uh, there's, they, they they pick up a votive candle that's used for a prayer and they go oh look inflammatory incendiary device oh yeah yeah there were a couple of times that like there's
2: a there's a regular thing throughout the protests throughout the summer uh, a lot of people would smudge the protests, which. Is a um, is, it's a ritual in a lot of different cultures where I heard, you I heard blank sage.
1: blank the protest, smudge? Yes.
2: So smudging involves taking a bundle of sage and you know lighting it and then like you know basically cleansing the area. It's it's a really it's a very common practice, especially in Latin America and in a lot of African cultures, you'll see this. Mm-hmm. And it's just to, like, you know, give pe- bring peace to the area, uh, get, like, bad spirits out of there, and to, like, calm people. And <laughs> I saw, I watched this because I was, like, watching my Twitter as I was at the protest. Uh, Rochester police said that uh, an incendiary device was lit and possible projectile. And I'm like, it's it's a bundle of sage. And it was obvious that it was a bundle of sage because the woman who like lit it was going around the entire perimeter, just waving it and letting it burn and letting the, the scent, you know, permeate throughout the area, which actually, honestly, like you can talk about like the, whether it's spiritual or not, smelling burning sage is very common. Like just in general, I think it's a physiological thing with something, some chemical that's burned in sage that like calms you down. But it does. Mm -hmm. So even when we're trying to calm the crowd, they claim that we were
1: starting something. Yeah. Well, they don't. They can't be calm, and that makes them furious. Exactly. It's like we. Seriously, one of my favorite things to do when looking at like. like black, black lives matter protests versus white pride protests is which way are the cops facing? Yeah. That's always, that's always a fun thing to do when you're looking at the pictures, which way are the cops facing with the, with the, with the black. And it's, it's never at the white people. It's always with their backs to the white folk. Mm-hmm. And yep. It just, it just seems to be the way. And even, like what what happened on january 6th the 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 storming of the capitol i'm seeing i'm seeing a lot of like twitter activity. like well they didn't say that with the riots in this summer and i'm like well that's because there weren't riots in the summer then any any sort of violent activity was actually probably put on by the police
2: oh yeah yeah like it doesn't like i'm not i'm also not going to say there weren't riots there, there were definitely riots during the summer, but like there, when you look was... at where it started, usually like, like especially like the first, the first protest that I went to this summer, the one that was supposed to be big and peaceful that just turned into turmoil. Um, we didn't do anything at all. Like the cops <laughs> threw tear gas at us. They shot at us. And then all of a sudden mayhem happened. So to, like, people claiming that these protests are the same are, are completely devoid of reality.
0: Yeah, that, that's what just drove me absolutely bonkers listening to the U.S. House of Representatives debate, it, which shouldn't even be a debate. Republican House members getting up and making these false equivalencies between what happened on January 6th and what happened with the Black Lives Matter protest, there is a big difference between protesting for basic human rights that's been lacking for mm-hmm. over 400 years in this country towards people of color, especially towards the Black and African Black African American community, and the megalomaniacs seeking to stay in office under this pretense of stop the steal, these are two totally different things.
2: Very different. Extremely different. I agree. Like, you're, you, there wasn't a steal, for one. Like, the things that we were addressing, whether you want to believe them or not, are actual, like, issues that have been permeating throughout the nation for, like you said, good 400 years. Like, it's, it's gotten to the point that we were willing to risk getting infected by a global pandemic to show- to to air our grievances in public, and like luckily, none of us got covid doing so
0: yeah, I think that's the amazing thing every i went to one protest my daughter went to a couple others everybody was masked and yeah you couldn't exactly socially distance all the time but at least the masking was effective you're outside things are moving around so there was no increase in covid cases especially here local from the summer protest so Mm -hmm. you know my hat's off to the organizers and to the folks who are out there on the streets protesting taking those safety precautions because you know what there was wasn't there a protest a couple months ago police showed up here and I think one of the police officers had COVID and spread it around. Nice job. Yep.
2: Yeah, that was for the, uh, that was the eviction um, protest. <laughs> someone, someone was getting evicted. Uh, that was another thing. Like The, the protests didn't stop. They may have gotten a little bit smaller, but they never stopped. So the protest that you're talking about, uh, someone was getting evicted on one of the coldest days. <laughs> well, one of the coldest days at that time. And yeah, one of the cops had COVID and wasn't masked and decided to like brutalize a couple of people. And then a couple of people got COVID from that yeah. cop, which I feel like is
1: attempted murder. But yeah, I, I would consider, I would agree with that. It's also, um, it, how, do you, how do you protest when reality itself is being debated? how do you find voices of reason and expect people to be reasonable when, you know? I'm looking at what happened in um, on January. So I keep on coming back to that, but I watched um, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez's uh, Instagram yesterday.
2: Oh my God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, finding out that there was a, like the, the, the police response, like the, she was just—I mean, her her aides were just as afraid of the Capitol Police as they were of anybody else. When a when a cop comes in and goes, "Where is she? Where is she?" and doesn't bother to, you know, like identify himself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like the guys like looking at her, like looking at him, sizing him up, and like, "Do my, am I going to have to like tussle with this police officer or not?" Like giving them wrong instructions It's like, where does it, where does where does it end? How do there there's so much anger and there's so much, like we will die. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I've completely lost what I wanted to say here. It's just really frustrating when I, I look at the, the, the conservative reactionary right, and I, I swear to God, I believe that if you gave them the opportunity of, I say, if you push this button, everybody will die, but you get to watch the liberals die 45 seconds before you do. Will you push this button? And I'm sure that they will just automatically mash it down. You know, it's just that that's where it is. I don't care if the world ends as long as the libs get owned. And, and trying to like bring reason and trying to say, we want to have, we, we're not asking for anything other than whatever, what you guys already have. We're not asking for more. We're asking for equality and having mm-hmm. them not understand that and thinking that equality is some sort of zero sum game. How do you how do you protest that? How do you protest that online? How do you keep yourself how do you keep yourself active in there and like not just like oh fuck the world and just like you know disappear into comic books.
2: Uh I'm not going to say it's easy. Uh it definitely isn't. Uh but like I've got to, you know I got you know probably about 20 25 years of like protesting in general. Um it's a lot I got to say it is a lot easier now than it was back then. Uh, the problem is with technology making things easier, it's also made it easier for like the people we are protesting to retaliate mm-hmm. as as we've seen, like outside in um However, like focusing on specific things like we, you know, You know, one one thing is like the physical protesting outside, you know, that's, it's it's harder than it looks. Like that takes like a good week of planning. Um, And then you have to plan for like, if something suddenly happens, like just like what just happened. Um, You you know, it takes a lot of time and effort to get that done. Uh, Beyond that, behind the scenes, there are a million other things that we're doing like we are still doing you know food drives we're still doing clothing drives. we're still getting people registered to vote uh fortunately we live in in a, a state that has a lot better voting laws than some places in the south and the midwest so getting people registered to voters is, is pretty is a lot easier here Uh, what we have to deal with is the actual parties making, you know, putting limits on who you can vote for. Because that's it. That is, that is an issue. Like you can, if you don't register for a party, you lose out on all the primaries. And if you don't register for a party by a certain date, uh, you miss out on a primary, which I learned the hard way. Like I had to vote, like I had to pick a party in order to vote in a primary, and I didn't pick soon enough, <laughs> so I wound up not being able to vote in one of the primaries a couple of years ago. So getting people registered to vote and making sure locally that we have the people in office that actually care about us and they're just not using us, using you know their their place for like power. That's that's what we've been doing behind the scenes, and at home and online. And then, yeah. like I just, you know, I got like I write a lot. I make sure yeah. that I'm writing about like topics that that are both local and national. It's how, it's 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 a little bit difficult for me because, you know, if I'm talking about a local thing, I want to just talk about that local thing. But like, there's always a bigger picture, yeah. no matter what.
1: So, yeah. I always okay. I always, I always want to say I, I, the thing I love about your writing, Chris, is that you keep it personal. You personalize it. You, you, you speak from the heart, you speak from experience. Uh, the stories that I've read about you, about you know, being regularly ha- harassed by the police for no damn reason other than the color of your skin. Like all of a sudden, like walking down the street and all of a sudden having a foot on your back and them going, like, and being pissed because you're not carrying drugs or weapons. Right. That that's sort of background, uh, when, you, when you integrate that into your, into your writing, it's really, really powerful.
2: I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's
2: like putting your putting your own personal story in it uh, kind of helps. And like with something like this, this is something I have just have experience with, so I can speak a lot like <laughs> firsthand experience about this stuff. Now, like when I talk about other like, because there are other issues that are, they're not like less important, but they don't apply to me as much, but they help everybody. Like when it comes to like the fact that a lot of trans people were murdered this year that we don't talk about. Um, When I talk about things like that, I try to like think about my own experiences and think about how I would feel if if that were (laughs) happening to me. Which like, I mean, technically, yeah, yeah, it is, but it's not because I'm trans, you know? Like see, like, I, I try to relate to people and try to level with people and, you know, try to help them see that like this can happen to anybody. And it's just a matter of like some, you know, some arbitrary social construct that is only happening to certain people.
0: Yeah, we had a brutal attack here in Rochester of a trans man, unfortunately, you know, he- I think he's doing okay um Mm -hmm. but at the same time that's scary shit you know i mean you live you and penny live right around the corner from that neighborhood i live a few miles north and you know that's scary stuff and you know that, that brings up you know you have all these different factions within marginalized communities and you know and you've discussed this there's a lot of queer phobia in some of these movements and but yet the washington post reported back in december it's marginalized communities. It's LGBTQ people who showed up for Biden that put him in the White House. Mm -hmm. And so the point is, how do we continue to have these conversations with different marginalized groups to unify us together? Because when we unify, we win. Right. how, How do we have that conversation, even with people in our own circles who might not agree with you know, Penny or I, because we're trans.
2: Um, I'm not sure, because I will be honest with you. When I first uh, started activism, like, you know, in my teens, I wasn't, I was not thinking about gay or trans rights. I wasn't thinking about that. And I really did think that, like, you know, one um one it was, you know, I had the you know how they say, you know, equal rights isn't pie, like you don't lose it, you know, you don't lose rights just because someone gets rights. Um, I was of the mindset that, like, well, this is just taken away from my movement. I really thought that. And like, I it took years. It took years. And honestly, it probably took up to like, you know, when I moved here to realize. No, this is ridiculous. Like everybody, everybody wins when one person gets lifted up. Um, and I think it took someone pointing out that affirmative action, which was supposed to be for, um, you know, for people of color specifically to have more opportunities in life, in work, in everything, that it actually helps women more, showed me that like, okay, well, if this one thing helped women and and black folks and brown folks, then maybe all these rights are gonna help everyone. Um, and like I said, it, t- it took a lot of time for me to get there. And the, the fortunate thing I gotta say is Rochester's movement was run, like for the most part all summer, run by queer people, queer people of color, primarily. Like the person who was attacked uh, he, I got to know him a little bit. He's, he was one of the organizers. He was one of the organizers for the Black Lives Matter protests. And he was also, you know, he's also a trans man, you know? I needed to see that. I needed to see, and like, it, it dawned on me that like, trans people, the most marginalized people are the ones putting themselves on the front line the most. And maybe it's like a feeling of, well, like I don't, I don't have much to lose. Or maybe it's a feeling of like being that passionate, being like you know, being black, being trans, you know, being being queer in general. Just like maybe that passion, like translated to like we need to do something because I'm in the most danger, you know.
0: And I think there's a long there. No, I don't think I know. There is a long history of black transgender people, male and female, non-binary who Mm -hmm. have stood up and who have led these movements, especially since Stonewall.
2: Yes. And so
0: without these communities of color in the trans and LGBTQ circles, I don't think we would, I mean, we still have a lot more work to do, but I think they have pushed us further along than almost any other group.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And I appreciate it. I seriously appreciate it. Like we don't, like I I don't want to say we don't deserve like this much this much help, but like I think everybody deserves this much, this much help, this much contribution.
1: Yeah. And
2: I like, you know, putting yeah. you know, I I wholeheartedly appreciate what you know what the trans people of this community have done for us, like in our movement. And it's like, and I understand that, you know, they're doing it partially because, you know, they're also, they're also Black and they want, you know, they want to like walk around safely in the streets. But like the fact that they're doing this, even though a lot of our Black leaders, not even a lot, I'm going to say some of our Black leaders at this point still think that this is like some sort of tit for tat thing. Um, they're, still, they're still fighting for them. And I I wholeheartedly appreciate every single Black person and every single trans person who, or non-binary person or just like queer in general person who has like put their, like literally put their bodies on the line for us, you know? When you you see it firsthand, you you know, you appreciate it even more, I gotta say.
1: Thank you for saying that. It really means a lot. uh, I've always admired your activism and your humanity. It's 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 very humbling to see and hear. So thank you for, for saying that. So I, I and I don't know if this is anything how, how this would be, but we there are so many things and you know, we talk about intersectionality uh it, 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 as far as awareness and protest and things that Need to be drawn attention to how would you how would you rank them? Would it be Black Lives Matter first, registering to vote, uh, the rent, uh, COVID, uh, transgender rights? Where where would if you were going to say okay, we're going to be needing to figure out how we're, where we're going to pay attention to what we're going to be paying to the next, for lack of a better word, protest season.
2: <laughs>
1: what what uh. would how would you how would you order that? What would you what would what would your two cents be on that in that discussion? Okay, so
2: I think, I personally think right now, uh, it's 2021, we just voted in Biden, think whatever you want about Biden is, it's better than what we had, and it's a first step. Uh, He's getting us back to, back to like a zero state, kind of. He's not improving. He's getting us back to where we were, and Mm -hmm. where we were wasn't great, so...
1: Yeah, here's my here's my yeah. thing about Biden. I want to just real quick, like if it's raining outside, mm-hmm. Biden's not going to go up there and say, "No, it's not raining."
2: Right, exactly. Which is
1: where we were with Trump.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like you could he wouldn't even admit to the weather if it if he thought he could get a nickel out of saying it wasn't so. At least this is a man who is looking at reality and saying, "Yeah, we've got shit to do. We've got there's a whole bunch of stuff that's that that's that's on us, and we need to work on it." I want you so yeah so I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt continue on
2: oh no no you're good you're good um yeah so we we have a new administration locally we don't have a new administration
0: we need like
2: (laughs) we gotta we've gotta get to we have to take care of our our house first kind of we already took care of the nation's house so now it's a matter of taking care of our own house, and a lot of people are going to be up for re-election. A lot of people are leaving office this year, so I think voter registration, at least locally in Rochester, should be the focus. After that, you know, there's a lot of pol- policies that we, we need to deal with, like rent cancellations, like, um, like COVID relief for, for the, like the vaccine rollout. Uh, there's already been a scandal about rich people getting the vaccine. Before, before
1: common folk. You yeah, know? here in the uni- University of Rochester, I'll say right outside the University of Rochester. There, yeah. uh, you know. So go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was a, a it was a very, uh, very well elegantly elegantly worded email. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. that seems like there's a little there's a little bit of bribery going on, which. Yeah, we got to deal with that. We have because like this is this is very much still affecting Black and Brown communities worse than everybody else. So there's that. Um, so yeah, voter registration. Then we can we can still deal with like you know rent control with uh, with the COVID issues uh, with unemployment that's still pretty high in in our county at least. Uh, mm-hmm. That needs to be that needs to be dealt with. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the fix would be for a couple of these things, but there are a lot of people that I know that are way smarter than me who have, who know what the fixes are, who can detail it, you know, detail them like very precisely, and can get us to a place where we're you know where we'll be on a better track.
0: Yeah, and I want to, you know, we better track, and I mean, I know Biden's not the progressive that I think the three of us would have really preferred to have in office.
2: Nope. (laughs)
0: But you know what, but on January 20th, one of his executive orders, and I'm going to thank our general counsel, Jamie Francesca Rodriguez, for putting this together in this note that I'm going to quote her here real quick, but do you know One of his first executive orders was advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities through the federal government. That specific executive order named specifically Black, Latino, Native American population, Asians, and the LGBTQ population, inclusive of lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender people and queer as an umbrella. This is the first executive order ever to specifically mention the transgender population in the United States.
2: That's that's amazing. I didn't even realize that, but yes. that's
0: great. So, I mean, not, not the progressive, but I don't think he's the centrist that he was 10, 15 years ago in the Senate or as vice president. Mm-hmm. I think he's moved further left and he's already, put, he put invisible places already, transgender people on his mil, on his, um, DOD transition team. He lifted the transgender military ban. These are all, I mean, yeah, they don't affect a lot of us average citizens, but they are moving that needle more inclusive of equity and equality for everybody that we have totally lost in the last four years. And there is a shit ton of work still left to do.
1: And don't don't forget the assistant secretary for health is also a transgender woman.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That, True.
1: Nomination. True. I don't. They, they, they've got a good. Doctor Levine. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Uh, now, yeah. So, yeah, she is on his. Uh, that's a. His, I don't think if there's anybody that's been higher ranked on that. Um, I I was actually approached um by the. This was last year from the by someone from the mayor's office to talk about. Uh, LGBTQ representation and what they could do and it's from the, LG, from the transgender uh, viewpoint and I was like okay so my question first question to you is where is the transgender representation in uh, in, in the city council in, in the city of Rochester right now who is the highest ranking transgender person on Mayor Warren's staff mm-hmm. and that's where the conversation ended because they never got back to me wow <laughs> <laughs> okay like they, so they, well, they, they kept on they kept on asking like we want you to because I, I i started out like asking like so where are you with transgender right now So well we want your input on it well i need to know where you are and that mm-hmm. was so so where where are we who who is the highest ranked trans person in the city of rochester right now cricket 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 cricket
2: amazing yeah amazing yeah i i think um Hey, like I said, this
1: is election year. Every year is an election year. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> so, and the thing that I'm seeing a lot of in, in Twitter chatter and Facebook stuff, which I shouldn't read, but I do anyhow, is like, you know, why, why do you, you've got a Black woman as mayor. I thought, I thought that's what you wanted. Oh, we, no, wanted,
2: we wanted an efficient mayor. That she's a Black woman could yeah. have been a nice perk, but like the way things have been handled lately, uh, I... You know, we need somebody who's competent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More than more than efficiency, competency. Yeah.
2: Right. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of like back in Baltimore, uh, we had like, we had a mayor who was very, not even very corrupt, just like he'd reached the highest capacity of his competency. And (laughs) that's, it's just the way it is like there's a certain <laughs> level of confidence like you got to know where your lane is he got yeah. there he hit it and then like things started you know going off hey, and like Baltimore's got a lot of you know Baltimore's got a lot of p- political corruption in general a lot of tit for tat a lot of a lot of bribe stuff going on um so like this new mayor came in who was a lot better uh his name was Martin O'Malley he ran for president back in, I want to say 2008 or 2016, I can't remember. I think shortly. it was 2000,
0: 2008, he ran against Obama, but yeah. he dropped out early and he was a former um, Maryland governor as well.
2: Exactly, that guy. He was mayor of Baltimore for a little bit and people were like dumbfounded that he got voted in because you know Baltimore is a majority black city. Uh, he was running against a black candidate uh, Baltimore hadn't had a white mayor since, like, I think the '70s, maybe the '60s. Was so that 1870s?
0: It was...
2: <laughs> Possibly. Like it's just, you know, it was like dumbfounding. But like the thing is, we wanted a mayor who was, who was competent, and that's what you know at the time Martin O'Malley was was it. Martin O'Malley was our competent mayor. But you know? but.
0: How does lovely Warren, who's proven her incompetency since the moment she took office, how does she even contemplate a third term
1: (coughs) gave David (laughs) Gantt. No, that's
0: fine. I'm not I'm not, you know, I haven't been involved in local politics, you know, so that's it's a legit question and a great answer, Penny.
1: Yeah, she was put forward by the Gantt machine, which has still got a lot of power in the city of Rochester. Even though he passed away. Yeah, he's yeah. Well, I mean, they're still, you know, they're still talking about uh, Juan Perón. There's still Peronistas who are affecting politics in Argentina. They're going to be Trumpistas in the United States. I mean, Trump is 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 gone, but his his sense his sort of populism, his sort of you ness is going to be affecting politics in the United States for I'm sure at least a decade, if not more, because he tapped into a whole bunch of racist hate. And made it okay to be that way uh, David Gantt had a following David Gantt was in a lot of ways a very good legislature but he also oftentimes when you get to you know, about intersectionality the intersectionality of power and anything including race and gender and, uh, and and sexuality power oftentimes wins and with him he had power and he used it to to the detriment of the city of Rochester eventually. Hey, talk
0: fair. talk about racist stuff. Do you remember Chris when we used to hate fucking Illinois Nazis? Remember there was a whole <laughs> movie about that shit. Yeah. Really? I hate fucking Illinois Nazis, right? You run them off the goddamn bridge.
2: <laughs>
0: now the Capitol Hill police, probably with assistance from the Rochester PD playbook, just opened up the gates and let the fuckers in.
2: Sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no but it's true you we that you know you the 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 the, for for my book and in my in my view the you this is this the abuse of power and for me the only thing that is not an abuse of power is to make things safe for those who do not have power and that's not what gant is doing that's that that's not what uh that's not what lovely warren is doing i should say um She's not making it safe for people without power. She was the one that was, that like, was bulldozing the tent cities. Uh, these are people that mm-hmm. had no other place to live. And she's like, where are you going to put them? Well, not here. Yeah, that's, that's, Which that's, is
2: not the right answer.
1: Of course right. it isn't. Yeah.
2: If anything, if I were mayor, I'd at least get those people you know, some like propane heaters or something. Because we don't have a place to put them. And
1: we know that. I just 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 let me finish this. I'm thinking something through here. Mayor Chris Thompson. Oh no. Oh <laughs> hell no.
0: <laughs> I said it's a writing campaign.
1: Oh my goodness. Why why okay? So, so why, <laughs> why hell no? Just, just out of curiosity, why hell no? I was I'm, I'm I open. got way too many skeletons in my closet for politics.
2: <laughs> like dude, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty honest about. Most of my things, but I'll forget something. <laughs> I can see it happening
0: i want to come back to I want to come back to Lovely real quick um mm-hmm. you know, this is somebody that's a mayor of the city lives in the city but yeah it still ships her kids out to a suburban christian school
1: suburban transphobic christian school
0: exactly
2: my point so Oh, see i didn't even know about that well maybe that's why they didn't answer your your i knew
1: the answer i knew what the answer was it was was like you know what it was a a lawyerly thing to do don't ever ask a question unless you already know the answer i knew the answer i just wanted to hear what they were going to say but go Mm -hmm. ahead to your question amy
0: i was just going to say but I mean, I think what we're sensing now in the community is like, hey, Rochester has some serious issues. I mean, we talk about 1619. We can talk about slavery. We can talk about reconstruction, Jim Crow, all this stuff. But, you know, I I wrote a paper on this last semester. You look at the neighborhoods in Rochester that are suffering the most right now through this pandemic. You can tie that right back to redlining in the 1930s and all the poverty issues, all the quality of life issues, So if we have somebody that can't even send their kids to school in the city, how can they be that advocate? You know, and I think that's what we need. I mean, I remember Mm -hmm. meeting Bob Duffy a couple of times and I didn't ever agree with him all the time, but you can sense the passion that that guy had for the city and still does and for this area. You know, is there somebody like that out there that can step, you know, that can run and maybe become mayor and regain some of that, you know that positive energy for the city and our communities that need, you know, transformation so desperately.
2: I mean, I can think of a few people who are running things this this summer who can probably get in there and shake things up whether they want to or not. That's that's a different thing. But the positive thing is a lot of the activists of the summer who were leading things are also running for city council this year.
1: Did you say so, shitty council or city council? I mean, I, was it a Freudian tomato, slip? Tomato, tomato. <laughs> 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 honestly, I thought you said shitty council. And I was like, well, that maybe may be what uh, that <laughs> Freudian slip means, you know? <laughs> but
2: however, yeah, they're trying to unshit it. So like, I yeah. I feel hopeful just because there are people running for city council right now who were out there this summer who know who who live in the communities that are being affected the most by all these issues who would probably be better who like are products of it too who went to public school here who went to who probably went to college here if they you know if they were able to go to college uh who have been dealing with this you know with with poverty with um like shaky home situations with, you know, police harassment who've been dealing with this, like all their lives who are from these communities. So I'm hoping that at least, at least one of them gets into city council.
1: Yeah. I'm still pulling for mayor Chris Thompson or maybe council person, Chris Thompson. Uh, I would love to see you involved. If I, let's say I'll run for mayor and I'll make you my chief of staff
2: i mean i'll do that that's
1: fine yeah well that's what the power really is i'll just sit there and like just look pretty and you can take care of things so uh chris thompson it's always a pleasure having you here and it's always good to hear your your viewpoints um you are you are a a passionate and compassionate man and i wish more cishet people were like you quite frankly Oh, thank you. Well, you're very, I appreciate that. And Amy, I'll be back with a couple of quick wrap-up thoughts right after this. This is Transformation Thursday. To
0: financially support Transformation Thursday, go to TransformationThursday.com and that will bring you to our Patreon page. Once there, click on the Become a Patron button. You can also follow us online on Facebook. You can follow us by searching for Transformation Thursday podcast. And please join our private Facebook group by searching Transformation Thursday on Facebook. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at Trans Pod. To make sure you stay up to date with all the latest episodes, please subscribe to the Transformation Thursday podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google podcast or wherever you get your podcast on apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and a short review it's free and it does help get transformation thursday out to a larger audience finally transformation thursday is copyrighted material all rights reserved 2020 welcome back to transformation thursday i am amy stevens my pronouns are she her and i have a new um co-host chris thompson hey welcome hey it's
2: chris thompson uh, my uh, pronouns uh, are he in
1: Uh, uh, (laughs) i'm still here i'm not i'm not am i am i do you see me am i a ghost are you guys gonna start like making clay pots or something now i don't know i'm back no i'm I'm
0: yeah, it's just going to say, we always have so much fun with Chris.
1: Yeah, I always, and I'm Penny Stilling. My pronouns are she, her as well. Chris, thank you very much for coming on the show and talking to us about this stuff. It's always a pleasure to have you here. And this is, the last segment is always where we talk about our takeaways from this. And my takeaway is that you should fucking get into politics. That's it. That's all I want to say. You and like Ilhan and a few other people that, uh, that have been doing, that are like on the protest side. You know, I think I have have such great ideas and are so honest and thoughtful that uh, we need more people like you. And I'm glad that, like you talked about that when we're getting into politics, that there are some progressive voices out there. So that's mine is we need more progressive voices. If not you, then people like you. and That should be Chris Thompson approved.
2: Well, I appreciate that. Um, Well, the good news is there are some Chris Thompson approved people running. So can you name them? Uh, if you want Yeah, Britton Hargers. Uh he's he's running for city council. Uh Stanley Martin is running for city council. And I think that I think that they can do it this time. Uh those those are two those are two individuals that I wholeheartedly would put my trust in in office. Great.
0: And what's your takeaway from this um hour or so that you've spent with us? Uh
2: I think the takeaway I would say is we, we haven't won yet and keep, keep marching, keep marching in Great whatever take. form that takes. That's it, a real good point.
0: My big takeaway from this episode is everything that's going on today traces its way back through American history, not just 50, 60 years, not a hundred years, but it goes back to 1619. Mm-hmm. We are still living with the original sin of this country. And until we provide equal opportunity as what's in our founding documents for every person, regardless of color, regardless of sexual orientation, regardless of their gender, whatever it is, until we live up to those documents, as you said, the fight is not over. And this has a long history that more and more people that have the skin color, Penny and I, need to be aware of and educated on.
1: Yeah. And just to, just a tiny of that reference. 1619 is a reference to the 1619 project, uh, which was some research and, a, and I think it it's a book now by Nicole Hannah Jones, or is it just a series of articles for the New York Times?
2: A series of articles. I don't know if they published it as a book yet, but it's probably coming soon.
1: Yeah, they probably should. Yeah, but anyhow, yeah, that's that's it. That should be a uh, that should be a must read for anybody. Um, but anyhow. So that's, yeah, the, it's the idea is that this country has been founded on slavery. Uh, everybody who has money in America made money based off of, of things that slaves produced for them. Mm-hmm. And um, it's neither good nor bad, but it is what is. And we need to first recognize that before we can do anything else. And I think that's where we need to be. That's that's what I think 2021 should be, is that, like at getting to the point where we as a society will stop fighting over reality yes i agree i agree as well so that's gonna wrap up for another uh, another episode of transformation thursday i am penny sterling i still am here not just chris and amy so i'm gonna say good night to you guys good night chris good night amy right.
0: good, good night, night everybody
1: talk
2: to you soon